This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 254 of The Real Word. Word is up. 254, number one of 2023. Hope Ooh. everybody wrapped up 22 and is excited to lock in, mm. Nicole. Yeah. I'm excited to lock I'm in. I'm sure they did wrap it up. I mean, whether they wanted to or not, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up in a big way. It's done. Well, the first week of the year, and this is how I started my business. Okay. I would do this just on repeat, but this first week of the year mm -hmm. provides an enormous, I don't want to say it's the biggest opportunity because every week in real estate, it's a big opportunity to create the relationships and have the conversations that you need for your business. But it's low hanging fruit week one in January all month. I mean, this can linger because people are going to be thinking about it into week two and week three. But I don't care what MLS you're in, there are still a couple fragmented tiny MLSs. So if you're, you know, if you're a member of one of those, drop me a comment. I know there's a few out there, but the majority of MLSs across the country are going to have thousands of these available mm -hmm. to you this week. All right. So let's go to the BAM article. Expired listings are a gold mine. Uh, this is off of a Lisa Chinati 5 a.m. call where she recently called this goldmine opportunity for agents uh, time to take advantage of it as we head into 2023. It's the expired listings. Okay. So uh, Lisa said at the end of the year, uh, it's, it's prime time for expired listings in her market. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in her MLS, in the market she serves, she's in Massachusetts and she doesn't serve the entire state. So just her market, right. there's a total of 7,000 listings that have expired or will expire in that like end of December, be days. beginning yep. of January timeframe. Uh, this means there are more than 7,000 sellers, Lisa says, who have raised their hands and said that they are ready, willing, and able to sell their home. 7,000 sellers who maybe got spooked by the volatility of the market or maybe chose an agent who didn't have the skill to price the listings properly, or maybe who couldn't sell because they couldn't buy with a home sale contingency in the ultra competitive market this year. I'll actually add to Lisa's comments there, or maybe they hired an agent who couldn't expose it to the most people possible in today's market, didn't have the skill set to do that either. So January, huge, huge opportunity. So what can you do right now? We'll go through uh, her five tips for this, Nicole, and then we'll mm -hmm. talk about uh, the importance of putting this into your business right now. Number one, do your research. Okay. So you can spend some time. Listen, Mojo can do this for you. Uh, there's plenty of other sources that you can do. I used to just use the old, what's it called? White pages online. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yes. It was the white pages. The, yep. the white pages. Uh, number two, practice your scripts with a role play partner. Absolutely. Get real good at having this roll off your tongue. Use a script as an a la carte menu and get really good delivering it. That's how the great expired cold callers make their money. They get real confident in the things that they're saying over the phone. Uh, by the way, Nicole, tomorrow, I four was to waiting. 6 PM, I was waiting. 4 to 6 p.m. Gotta. The cold call, live call session. Myself, Tom Tool, Danny Deals, Dan O'Neill. We're going to be making live calls for two How, hours. Two going. hours. So for two hours, we sit and we watch you guys do that. Oh, my goodness. It's just one after another. This like is it. 
This is get your popcorn ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, get your. Is there like a competition, out, like to see notes. who can get the most appointments? I mean, I, I mean, come on. Of I, cor- I just I had to of ask, course. and then of course. I'm assuming okay. you guys are all calling within your own markets, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, within our own market. All right. So number three, hone your skills. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, actually doing it, yep. like we're going to be doing tomorrow, and you guys are welcome to join us. There's a link below to sign up uh, for that. Put together some marketing materials and then get your listing pr- presentation ready. Make sure that you're confident in the presentation. That's actually going to make you confident on the call itself if right. you know that you're going in there uh, to crush that appointment. Okay, so how important to call are expireds right now? And why do some agents hate this gold mine? Well, I, so I think though, I think our biggest problem that we're up against at this point right now is there's a majority of agents that have never dealt with an expired listing, right? I mean, how many homes have actually expired probably within the last, what, why are you raising your hand? That brings opportunity, but go ahead. Well, no, for sure. But I'm just saying, you know, I think, I think a lot of people maybe haven't been, haven't been practicing this skill set. They haven't, you know, gone right. back to, again, we have, I mean, we always talk about Lee on our team who, who loves expired. And I think he's, he's been waiting for this week, probably the last two years. Cause he, he knows his expired call. He knows, he knows his script. Um, and he'll certainly rise to the occasion over the agents that have just been sort of sitting there, you know, running their Zillow script the last two years. Well, I have a, I have a story about Lee. You yeah. want me to share it now? This, the one that we already know. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. All right. So here's an agent. Here's a story about an agent who, like Nicole said, this agent was brought up in real estate on expired, yep. li- expired listings, loves going after listings doesn't really love the buy side of the business. So is in love with listings, Mm -hmm. knows how to generate them and was brought up in the business on expireds. Was talking to this agent the other day. Okay. So Lee says to me, yeah, I I said, Hey, there's over a thousand expired listings in the MLS right now. You got your, your, your pencil sharpened. Is your game tight? Are you locked in? Are you going for it? He's like, yeah, well, you know, like, you know, yeah, well, my last two listings, you know, these are, these are beauty listings, really hard, hard situations, hard, you know, hard, hard, hard. So getting like, I'm like, that means you're closer to a good one. Right. Lee, like, remember there's gold in these listings. One of the best listings that I ever signed in my life. I never, I've still to this day, Nicole, never met the seller. It was two phone calls before I got the listing, the initial call and a follow-up call. This was a $2.5 million listing. We ended up working the price and closing it at about the $2 million mark. Never met the seller, never had to go into the living room and do a listing pitch, was right. out of the area, did everything on that second phone call. And so there's gold coming when you continue to make calls. Right. You can't, this is where agents make the biggest mistake when it comes to cold calls and expired listings. They think their last call is going to be the next call. Right. The next call is a new fresh opportunity. You've got to keep digging through to find the gold. And by the way, finding the gold doesn't cost you 35%. Right. It doesn't cost you 25%. There's not a big referral fee attached to it. It's your work. It's your effort. It's moving forward and making enough conversations, creating the relationships in your community where people have, like Lisa said, raised their hand, want to sell and had a bad experience. This is the biggest opportunity in the market in January. And it doesn't last to this scale 
throughout the year. There's are there expireds all year long? Yes, but not to this scale. So did he make his calls and get an easy one? I sure hope so. Oh I mean, boy, I, I, that was, I sure it. It was so, so anticlimactic that that I thought it was going to be. Well, a I just I, you know I just had to remind him. Yeah. That. Well, and he's again. He's our number one expired lover too. So it's it's actually interesting to hear him. Deciding well, gonna, to drag his feet a little bit there. In, in racket number two, we're going to talk about the part-time, full-time agent. There's yeah. an article that that we're going to be talking about. And this is a hard business, Nicole. Oh. I'm going to talk about it more in the next topic. For sure. But you can get, especially December of 22, that was a hard month on a lot of agents. So you can get down on yourself pretty quick. But you've got to remember that the next opportunity, the next person I can help, the next conversation I can have, can help somebody else. It can help me long into the future where I can't see. I've got to keep moving. I got to have this mindset. That's a professional salesperson mindset is, is continuing to go brick by brick, one foot in front of the other, getting better every single day. All that kind of stuff really matters in sales when you care about your community, when you care about, about your business. So, you know, I think agents tend to not like expireds when they when they focus on one bad experience. What else? What other reasons, Nicole? Do do agents? You you mentioned lack of experience, so they may shy away from the phones just based off For of sure. not practicing, yeah, not knowing what to say, one hundred percent, not being confident in it. Why else are agents shying away from from expired? Again, I I feel like that that's I think that's the main reason that they that they are. I think that it 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 is boiling down to experience, confidence, and feeling as though they could actually add value. I mean, again, I I think I think where maybe they're they're nervous the most too is that these sellers are now experienced too. So they're probably and hopefully going to be asking a few harder questions. Um, they're going to be a little bit you know harder of a nut to crack. Um, but again, I remember. Man, I mean, so much of my career, it was always like, you want to be the third agent. You want to be the third agent. Like, you want to be the third agent on the deal. And even this. You're saying you want to be, and because Nicole, let's just back up here. Nicole started in 2009, 2010 timeframe. You know, I started in 2012, both started in Connecticut. And there was this saying, and and it was often true because there was so much inventory. There was so much time on market. Homes were sitting on the market forever. You wanted to be the, not the third agent into the appointment, appointment, (laughs) but the third third agent to list the home. Yes. You want to be the third agent. Yeah. Um, And so expires, you're you're automatically at least number two. Yeah. So again, I feel like you're in a much better spot here. Um, and again, and, and, and like Lisa saying, they're literally raising their hand, telling you that they, that they are ready and willing and able to, 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 to buy and sell. So, um, again, I think that people need to really be a little bit more, what's that, that saying being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, cause again, I think that, I think again, the last few years have, have been a little cushy for some people. So they haven't had to, um, really put in the work. So. I, I, again, I think it really just comes down to confidence and, and just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. The beautiful thing about working expired listings is the seller, the homeowner has a measuring stick. For sure. So if you're good, if you've got swag, if you're confident in your game of being able to bring value working for that seller, then you're going to be able to show them how much value you have. You have an experience that didn't go so well. I can take you from here, what you were dealing with the last three, six or 12 months and bring you to here. I can get the job done for you. 
Here's how I'm going to do it. Right. And I love having a measuring stick. I I like I enjoy that more than the seller knowing nothing, nothing. And, and just expecting that everybody's the same. Right. And again, I think it boils down to questions too, you know, like start asking them what they didn't like about the last agent or what they want more of. And then it makes your shtick even easier to then at least provide them what it is that they were lacking the first time around. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So in the comments, how many go the last seven days? So or, or the last like like seven to 10 days. So I want to go beyond we're, we're sitting here on January 3rd today. It's the third. Let's definitely go into like December 28th. So the last seven days ish, mm -hmm. depending on when you're listening or watching this pod and in the comments on YouTube, how many expired listings are in your MLS? I'd love to know how many expired opportunities. These are opportunities. You, again, you don't have to pay 35, 25% for how many of them are in your MLS and then hit the thumbs up button button if you're going to be joining myself, Tom Tool, and Danny Deals tomorrow, four to six live. Subscribe to this channel so you get the notification or just go on, on the uh, BAM YouTube and search under the live tab. You'll see yeah. the video there for the live expireds call that myself, Tom Tool, and Dan are going to be making just one after another. We'll see how many we can get in in two hours. See who, I just who looked at my hot sheet and I definitely have more expireds than I do new listings. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's... They're out there. And, and there. so these are these, these are just relationships waiting for you to uh, create and add value to. Okay, racket number two. Expired's not a not racket Not a racket, at all. no. Racket number two, Nicole. Yeah. Anyone that, that has followed me <laughs> or this show <laughs> knows that I like the part-time agent topic. What I'm going to say in this segment, I want to prep you, Nicole. I want to prep everyone. Just Might me? I want to prep everybody. Yeah. What I'm about to say as we dig through this topic, as we go deep, might surprise you. Uh-oh. Okay. So buckle up and let's chat. This is a BAM article. We'll put it into the show notes below. You might be a part-time agent if. That's the headline. This is posted by Troy Palmquist. Troy is a BAM creator. putting it, He did the, the whole drinking debate article mm -hmm. recently. He's putting out great content for BAM. So he asked the question, are you a part-time agent? There are many ways to evaluate the performance of an agent and their commitment to growth. Who's really the full-time agent if we're judging between the following? Uh, I want to run through these, Nicole. Okay. Okay. So or, or, or unless you want to read them off, I'll, why don't you I, read them I off? I can read them off. Yeah. I mean, people yeah, want to hear my it. voice, right? All right. So the first one, the luxury agent who does four big deals a year or the agent selling two homes a month, 24 homes that year at their market's median home price. Let's take these one by one. Okay. Okay. So, so what Troy's saying is, you know, Hey, the luxury agent who sells four homes a year, I mean, you, you could be a luxury agent yep. that sells, I mean, premier luxury agent that sells four, $5 million homes. Yep. That's going to be $20 million in great, volume. Great year up here in the Northeast. Or you could be an agent who sells 24 homes to a month. Certainly it, it can take a full-time commitment to sell 24 homes a year in terms of your time. For sure. And you could be at the median price point in the country and not get anywhere close to- 20 million? 20 million. Yes. Okay. So yeah. um, I understand what he's saying there. I think in the comments, do you understand you know, the, the, the picture that Troy's painting? Do you agree with that? Do you agree that, you know, hey, it might be a volume game and four, 
four sales of 5 million might take you a full-time effort too. I, I would, you know, I would caution people to say, Hey, four homes is takes the same amount of time as 24. Uh, I don't know to create that relationship with that CEO, with that level of person. Well, so I think we're also talking about two agents though, in two different times of their full-time career. Um, yeah, so two I different mean, markets for sure. Well, markets. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I, I think you're also talking about, again, two different agents in, in two different sort of parts of their career though too because like okay. you're saying i think i think it took i think it took that agent that's doing four big deals a year it probably took them 10 years of doing 24 deals a year at a medium price point to actually then elevate themselves Level there up. yeah i would say sure. that that's true in in most cases okay what else is on the list? Uh, the next one, the agent whose referral network has provided all of their leads for the last 20 years with no effort or the agent who consistently markets while also nurturing referral relationships, resulting in a consistent growth year over year. Yeah. I don't know the part that Troy's talking about with no effort. He's, yeah. I mean, I guess he's saying the agent has no effort in receiving these referral network leads. Well, they've stayed in the network. So whatever the requirement of effort to stay in that network is, they've done that. Yeah. Um, you know, nurturing a, a referral relationship is work. It, it, it does take, uh, you know, consistent nurturing and energy. So, you know, okay. That's it. What's the next That's one? That's it, okay. All right, the third one, agents whose content to sit on a team. Oh, who's content? content? I'm sorry. The agent who's content to sit on a team and work the leads they're provided or the agent who's also looking for ways to take on more responsibility and bigger projects. Yeah. I mean, so, so it's funny here. He's saying, okay, is the team agent who uh, the majority of their lead generation is handled by the team. Is mm -hmm. that person more full-time than the solo agent who maybe has a lack of leads, mm -hmm. uh, but they're working on bigger projects. What, basically whatever that means, yeah. Trying to generate leads. Yeah, right? I mean that's the project trying to trying to get more leads, um, and they're willing to take on more responsibility itself. You know who's considered part time, full time. Now he, here's the thing: you, you can be somebody who does a lot of busy work, right? And you could be working full time hours. You'd be working sixty hours in this business on busy work, doing no deals, or you could be somebody working on a team, knocking opportunities down one by one, being systematic about your business, putting in the same amount of time, but doing a whole lot more deals. Both could be considered full-time agents, by the way. Yeah. Okay, and I'm going to give you my my old school definition of a, of a full-time agent and then how I'm thinking about it now as we finish up this list. Go ahead. Okay, next one. The agent who's been selling in the same neighborhoods at the same price point for 20 years or the agent who is always learning more, exploring new niches and new opportunities. Yeah, both can be full-time. Right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, the next one. The agent who got into real estate for the flexible schedule and continues to see that as the biggest advantage rather than the flexible growth potential a career in real estate offers. Yeah, you, you could have gotten mm -hmm. in because you, you are a single mother and this business does allow you to fit in 2.30 p.m. soccer time, practice, pick up, and, and then maybe write a couple contracts after. You can have two or three work segments and two or three family segments within one day, and you can mix and match those time, block, time blocks to benefit your lifestyle. Right. There is that flexibility in real estate. And then you could also be you know, the version of 
where it's just to the max. It's 12 hours, 14 hours a day, all in for the business. And and you've chosen the flexibility of like not having any ceiling and just going for it all. And both are full time to me. So, so I get that. Um, I think what Troy's doing here is he's picking apart the de- you know he's he's basically highlighting hey is, is there a real definition for full time or, or go go ahead with the last no one, uh, okay the last one is uh, the agent who shows up to the listing presentation completely unprepared and coasting on their reputation or who shows up to the open house hungover and disengaged hmm which one would you rather be uh, doing Nicole's doing dry January supporter in the comments I am doing would you dry rather January. be that agent showing up hungover or completely unprepared Wh- which of the two if you had to pick one I would rather go in unprepared and coasting on my reputation <laughs> <laughs> I like that yeah because uh, yeah. uh, the, he- the hangover is going to give you the headache well yeah. I'm not I'm just not going to do shit disengaged you're not even chatting at least I'm being I- at least I'm at a listing appointment at least I at least I made that appointment when I was prepared, made the at call. At least you've got a shot that they know somebody <laughs> yeah. that you know and you can connect the 100%, dots. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, like but at the end of the day, I mean, so I'm reading all of these things. And again, I, I guess I get what he's trying to do here. I mean, it sounds like all he keeps talking about is growth, growth, growth. Who's looking for opportunity? Growth, growth, growth. That makes the person the professional or the, the full-time agent. But at the end of the day, I just – Am I ever really unprepared for a listing presentation? No. Do I have something in my bag or on my phone or like, yes. And then it's the same thing even with like, again. Well, you're you're a full time. This is what you do. You live, breathe it. When you do charity work, it's often flipping like you're doing one right now. You're doing the Sarah Project in Connecticut. You're flipping a house. All the proceeds are going to charity. Uh, That's a side hustle from, from your real estate sales business. But it's real estate. You, you do flips, right? And that for profit. And yeah. those are going to be in the real estate. Everything you do, yeah. Nicole, I, is real estate. So you're not going to be unprepared for any conversation because you live and breathe it. Right. I, I, but I, at the end of the day, though, too, because even he was saying, you know, <clears throat> the agent that's, you know, learning and exploring. I think it's an inevitable that you're my hope is obviously is that you're always going to be learning something you got to i mean it's not like someone gets into real estate even if they're a part-time agent be like i don't want to learn anything i mean it's going to take it's going to i don't know i guess i'm arguing the wrong thing here because talking about full-time and part-time agents but some of the things he was saying seems a little a little wacky because i think it's inevitable that you're going to be learning whether you're part-time or or full-time Well, i think what what troy is doing and what he does a great job of is he's giving you all these differing scenarios, which yeah. opens up conversation, conversation around what does full-time real estate agent and part-time real estate agent really mean? Yeah. Uh, in the article, he says full-time real estate agents generally look down on dual career agents. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm going to get to my comments yeah. on that in the past. Okay? Changing your I'm mind, get to it. So stay with me. Yep. Uh, they seem as less serious and less committed taking commissions out of the pocketbook of more serious, better qualified, more professional full-time agents. We're, we're not really supposed to acknowledge this, but the divide is there. However, I'd argue that it's based on a false premise, okay? Uh, that's because I've known full-time agents who are less professional and less committed than some part-timers who often have uh, to be highly organized and highly motivated in order to juggle all of the responsibilities. That's always the best argument for dual career part-time agents is is 
agents that have said, Hey, I just worked with this dual career part-time agent. They were on the ball. They were completely responsive. They did a great job. And in fact, they did a better job than the majority of the full-time agents in the community in which I serve. I'd love to do another deal with them. They were highly professional. They were ethical. That's the argument supporting part-time agents. My definition, Nicole, and, yep. and I'm going to get into here because I know people in the comments are going to say, hey, uh, Byron doesn't like part-time agents. Yeah. He, he's never liked part-time agents. Well, you did a whole video on that you were trying to make go viral. And I mean, you, you probably did, by the you way, enjoyed I, the that most, day. I, think I you did enjoyed have the most day. viral video of real yeah. estate last year. So, mm -hmm. I mean, well, you know, if we're, if we're counting views yeah. anyways, mm -hmm. um, I don't think we are. Do, were, were we counting views? Is, I, I, I don't, we weren't counting anything. We were talking okay. about your definition of part-time and full-time agents. My yeah. definition yeah. historically of part-time, uh, or full-time agent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, was that they, could have another job, okay, but they were full time in the real estate field, okay? So if they were an agent, maybe their other job was property management, or if they were an agent, maybe their other job was investing in real estate or doing flips like you, where everything was about real estate all the time. They were complete, uh, completely obsessed with all things real estate. Mm -hmm. The one exception I made to that is somebody starting off uh, bartending at night that doesn't interfere uh, because when I think dual career agent and in the past, this is the mistake that I've made. I've thought too often in a box where I think about the dual career person who is a teacher or who is a correctional officer, you know, the public schools, the jails, right. they're very similar, not a lot of windows, uh, yeah. you know, brick walls. And, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, when you think about the the people that are protecting our prisons and, and working that difficult job or the people that are educating our children, neither of which uh, or a nurse in a hospital, none of these positions would you say, yeah, I want them checking their phone all day. Do you want the teacher of your children, Nicole, checking their phone every day, all no. day? No. You, you want them educating right yeah you i mean i do text my husband though during the day i of do course, and, and yeah. i'm sure when there's lunch breaks and there's breaks between um classes. classes and there's opportunities but i remember when that bell rang during school it's a real quick turnaround because oftentimes you know i'd have a one minute conversation and then i'm running to the next class. Well, or if you had, if you have a bad deal, are you taking that out on the students? Or if you had a bad class, are you taking that out on the deal? I mean, it's, there isn't enough time to even swap the two fast to, enough. To me, it's just more about how are you getting the response needed to the consumer right. who's in an anxious position? This is what it's always been about to me, but I've thought about this more. Okay. And I got to get out of this box because there are plenty of dual career professionals that are in our space that the world has changed. They're not constricted yep. by a nine to five environment where they can't look at their phone. Yeah. There are many careers that people are working while working in real estate where they're on their phone, they're on their computer. They're on their iMessage all day long and they're able to, now I don't believe much in multitasking, 
and maybe they're pulling away from a project and that's impacting their other job or whatever, but they are able to be responsive throughout the day. And you and I both know that sellers and buyers and investors want an agent whom is responsive to their needs, who is following up and following through right. on what they say. And so I'm broadening my definition mm -hmm. of you can work any job, any industry, and be a great quote unquote part-time agent in real estate as long as you're able to follow up and follow through in a more than reasonable amount of time where you're not leaving consumers holding the bag, where the consumer doesn't feel like they're doing the transaction on their own. And I appreciate the industry for helping me see this a little bit more, mm -hmm. for helping me um, look at some of these part-time professionals who are better than the majority of full-time professionals in their market. There are some of those out there because listen, Nicole, just cause you're full-time meaning it's the only job you have. Um, but what if you're the agent that goes into the office and you know, you go into your brokerage office and you, you, you don't even know your, your password to, to get into the computer. Now you're right. blowing up other agents right. working in there. Hey, yeah. can you, yeah. I don't know how to use the, the computer. Yeah. Right. And, and, do we have some of those in the industry? For sure. I think I think I think just as important as you're saying that about your definition of, you know, of a full-time and a and a part-time agent. I think it's important for agents to sort of maybe break that box down too. Um and I only say that cuz I I had a one-on-one -on -one with with an agent on our team recently and she does um makeup for weddings like brides. She does bride makeup and all the all the um all the who are the ladies you know the ones that stand with her there oh, the best the best ladies the best ladies yeah whatever the bridesmaids thank Nicole. you the bridesmaids so well, it's been a long time it since has, Nicole's gone to a wedding it's been a long time thank god but anyway so she's doing makeup for these brides and these bridesmaids and she was complaining about the fact that she was having a really hard time sort of shutting that off and then turning on the real estate side and i said listen this is just you, you know, like I'll just say her name is Sue. Sue, like you doing the- the her name's not Sue because I know you're talking I about. know it's not Sue. I'm just saving her because she didn't authorize me to use her name. But so like, hey, Sue, like you doing this and like this is just a, a continuation of who you are. This is who you are. Like you 100% should be talking about real estate while you're doing makeup and you should 100% be talking about makeup while you're doing, while you're like vice versa. Like this is just a continuation of who you are. It's not a box of you doing this job and then you doing this job. They're 100% part of the the threading of who you are. Yeah. And then I And then I said to her too, I was like, how many of those brides know that you do? I'm sorry. How many weddings did you do last year? She said 35. I said, and, mm. and, of, and of those weddings, how many people were within that wedding party? She said, probably eight. I'm like, do any of Jeez. those people know that you do real Jeez. estate? And she said, no. Oddly, Lee happened to be sitting right next to me. And I'm like, hey, Lee, you want 75 people that just got married this past yeah. year? And he's like, yup. Like, so again, and like, even though and Nicole, it's not the is same that not 
What? Is that not the perfect farm? 100%. So that's what I'm saying. Like, stop thinking about it as your, your like, because you're thinking about it as a box. She was thinking about it as boxes too. Like, uh, opposite boxes. And, and she's a, fr so I'm thinking about it as a box is, hey, you know, if you can't respond at a, at a reasonable time. Well, but she then... was thinking the same thing though, too. Like, no, no, no. she's thinking about it as in, yeah. True. I don't want to tell people I'm yeah. going to have two Instagram pages. I don't want to tell people yeah. I do this because they may not hire me for that. And listen, I've made the mistake. Yeah. And I'm owning up to some mistakes here uh, as we are on the first show of 2023. I've made the mistake of saying, you know what? You, you shouldn't do this other thing because the person that's getting the makeup, the person that's getting the drink served to you is never going to hire you as a real estate agent because they're seeing you as this maybe but they just but they but, but she just got but you're doing makeup for her for their that if there is I, not more trust in this world than makeup on your wedding day i don't okay. know what is and i don't know about that but what i do know about is that was bad advice that i was giving because if if like we talked about in the first topic with expireds if you hone your script if you are authentic and ethical and you hone your script when you're doing makeup, I've, I did makeup when I was a little girl. I did makeup before I did real estate. I'm really freaking good at it. Real estate and my profession of doing that, helping buyers, sellers, and investors is how I pay the bills. I continue to do this because I love it. And I get to meet people like you like who you. are on their journey of life and potentially next step of home ownership. Right. In fact, this puts me in front of more people like you who I love helping, who I've helped time and time again over the years, just like you buy their first home. And it fulfills me much more than the next Zillow lead. 100%. Wow. 100%. Oh, a, yeah. What a powerful script that is to combine and the part-time and the full-time. 35 people. 35. She doesn't even need freaking Zillow anymore. Like, yeah. as when, soon as when, you get married, what do you do? You buy a house. Or you get knocked up. But you buy a well, But when you get knocked up, you buy a house. Like, you're buying a house or renting a house. When you change the scripting around the part-time gig as it being a means to help you fulfill people's dreams in yeah. real estate yep. and you just be authentic about it and you build a freaking plan around it. Right. It will explode. explode. It will explode and you'll end up you'll end up probably exploding both businesses. 100%. Um I think about it. You said eight eight uh potential bridesmaids, 35 yeah. 35 weddings. Weddings. Yeah. You now um could send something out eight times 35. Let's say um you know, that's that's a couple hundred that's a couple hundred, you know, emails you could potentially have. Hey, I need everybody's email. Uh, what uh, around right. a wedding time? Yeah. Somebody says I need everybody's whatever. You're getting it. Right. You're and getting again, everything. If you love your makeup and you're sitting there in front of her and like you're like you're you like you immediately like oh look my my makeup lady is emailing me. I'm gonna respond to her. Like yeah. yeah. I'm responding to her before I before the, the the before the drunk person that I met at the open house. So I think Troy did a great job conversation of, of opening the conversation. Yeah. I'm open to to changing my thoughts. I have changed my thoughts on this topic. I'm going to put out hold me to this Nicole. I'm going to put out content in 23 that helps the part-time agent compete with the full-time agent. So full-time agents, you're just going to have to keep getting better every single getting day. Better. 
because I'm going to put out some stuff that'll help the part-time major. I'm curious in the comments, do you consider yourself full-time? Do you consider yourself part-time? Were you once part-time? Let us, let us know below in the comments. So for the first time, Nicole, yeah, for the first time ever, as I get a little more experience here in 2023, I'm going to say part-time agents are not a racket. There you look at you. Wow. How do, how do you feel? Feel you good. feel lighter? You must feel lighter. I like feel because I feel I like do for feel so lighter. I feel like for so long you had to like you had to stick to that. Well, I no, mean, uh, I don't even... feel lighter because of that. I feel lighter because I am lighter. I am <laughs> I am more fit than I was to start twenty two. And so I just do. As sitting here for the last twenty minutes, you've lost weight. I love it. Yeah. All right. What do we got? Left, middle, right. Oh, sugar plum. All right. I'm ready. Sorry. We were we were so we were so big into that. All right, so this is CNBC. The boldest Bitcoin calls for 2023 are out and a 1,400% rally. Wait, am I reading this right? The boldest yeah. Bitcoin calls for 2023 yeah. are out. The boldest Bitcoin calls. Yeah, they're, and a they're 14, making calls. Yeah, they're making calls. making calls. I'm hearing it. Gonna go, There's so many out. sayings in here I'm, I'm really not following. But anyway, a 1,400% rally or a 70% plunge may be on the cards. And this is uh, from CNBC. And so, yep. Nicole, before the show, you said uh, a 1,400% rally or a 70% plunge, plunge may be on the cards. You think yes. it should be in the cards. Maybe in the cards. But this is a CNBC's headline. Right. I, well, or maybe, maybe because it says or maybe on the cards. We're going with that. Go so, with it. So your thoughts uh, in the comments, should it be on the cards or in the cards on the CNBC headline? All right. I'm going to get I'm going to get to how this ties in here yeah, real please. quick. And we're going to we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, Bitcoin fell over 60 uh, percent in 22. And there's there's a, uh, a guy in here, Tim Draper. I don't know him. You know, this guy, Tim Draper. He's a big Bitcoin guy. Bitcoin bull. Tim Draper had one of the most optimistic calls on Bitcoin for 2022. He predicted that the token would be worth $250,000 by the end of the year. He's a billionaire venture capitalist. And so this was in November. He said, you know what? I'm not come going back on my prediction. He said he's just extending it until mid-2023. You can get Bitcoin right now for like 15, 16, 17,000 a coin, something like, something like that. I haven't looked it up. I'll look it up right now. You you can get BTC for $16,653.80 at time of this recording. He's saying that by mid-2023, it's going to be worth $250,000 a coin. That's a pretty good, you know, who, would you want to buy a, a trailer right now, Nicole? Could you even buy a trailer for $16,000 and then go sell it in six months, flip it for two fifty? dollars Could you make no, that profit on a flip? You cannot, no. No, you can't make on that profit on a trailer. We're not talking about a flip. We're talking about a trailer. We're talking about anything. Could you flip a trailer? <laughs> Flipping trailers with Nicole White coming soon. All right, coming to a park near you. A park but near you. But I, I would say that that is an extreme prediction. I don't know. Maybe it works out. Here, here's my point about this. I am so glad. I am so thankful that the contagion of 2021, 2022 is finally over where everybody's trying to open up a Robinhood account, where everybody's trying to, um, you know, see what they can do on Bitcoin and ETH and saying, Hey, you know, real estate contracts, they're all going to be NFTs. This is going to happen in the next six months. And while I do think that maybe that smart contracts is maybe the thing that could happen, this whole uh, contagion around buying up coins 
in the real estate community has subsided. You hear, as we sit here in January of 2023, a lot less people talking about this. And you see it with, okay, a 1400% increase or a 70% plunge. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So if I'm a real estate professional right now, I'm focusing, focusing, focusing. I'm narrowly focusing on the things I want to accomplish in the next 90 days. I'm going to know my space. I'm not Tim Draper, who's, uh, I guess, a Bitcoin bull or, or a Bitcoin enthusiast. I'm Byron Lazine, a real estate professional. This is my game. This is my space. I'm going to know it inside and out. And if you're listening and you're in that mindset of, I'm going to grow my real estate business, then let your investments in 2023 back up those words. Don't say, I know everything about real estate and then spend your time buying Bitcoin and in the Discord chat rooms talking about avatars. Go invest your money, put your money where your mouth is in your community. And just like we gave the makeup example, I guarantee by doing that, you're going to have more people seeking out your knowledge because you're doing it yourself. And that's how we'll wrap up the show, Nicole, unless Feel you have any thoughts, no. unless you found in uh, during my little rant there, unless you found a trailer that we can flip. No, I haven't found a trailer we could flip, but I'm not taking it off the table. Would you be? Let's not take anything off the table in 23. Okay. Let's, let's not take anything Nothing. off the table. Not off the table. I appreciate you, Nicole, Nicole even though you, you never replied to my Oh, I just did. I, I gave you a little heart. I gave you a heart. Okay. I hearted it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Happy New Year, right. everybody. Absolutely. Love doing this. Looking forward to a whole nother great year with all of you. Don't forget, tomorrow... Or if you're seeing this, depending on when you're saying this, Wednesday, four to six live expired cold calls. There's an abundance of them. Myself, Tom Tool, Danny Deals. We're going to be making those calls. So you can just go, if you've missed this, you can go on to the BAM YouTube. You can search under the live tab, uh, expired live calls. Don't miss this. Make sure you're subscribed up to the channel so that you see it first. Keep it real. We'll see you on The Real Word next. Week. See you guys. <laughs>